Luke chapter 24. Happy day after Easter, everybody. Uh, tonight I want to read a pretty lengthy passage. Uh, it's the last chapter of the book of Luke. Um, trust that everybody had a good Easter yesterday. Even if your day didn't go good, it was good yesterday. Yeah, the tomb is empty, scars have been healed, and Jesus is on the throne, okay? Um, so I want to read uh, Luke's account of the resurrection, and uh, hopefully we can get some insight into uh, 24, um, some insight into uh, the lives that we're living, and uh, God can sh- come share a little bit. I want to take a break from, we just went through uh, Luke chapter 4 and the temptations, and we're going to take a break for a little bit. Um, we're kind of headed in towards spring and summer, yeah? And uh, we got about maybe s- how many weeks? About 11 weeks before camp. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, camp is June twenty second through the twenty sixth. Okay. Um, the topic will be uh, relationships. Awesome. Okay. Uh, the whole camp. Okay. Our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with yep. The opposite sex. Amen? Amen. Okay, so uh, Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1, English Standard Version for all those that are on their phones. Hey, and we got to be bringing our Bibles, bro. We're bringing our Bibles, like hard copy. Okay? Okay, we're good. Luke chapter 24. Verse 1 and following. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared, and they found a stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they uh, went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Um, And as they were frightened, and bow their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Uh, Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloth by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Um, While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. 
but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them said, uh, one of them named Cleopas um, answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened uh, there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he uh, was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women uh, of our company amazed us, they were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying uh, that they had even seen uh, a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, uh, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose uh, that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then he told what had happened in the road and how um, he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Verse 36. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why doubt? Um, why do you doubt? Um, why does doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had uh, said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still uh, disbelieved uh, for joy um, and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And he gave them, uh, and they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them then he said to them uh, these are my words that i spoke to you while i was still with you that everything written about me in the law of moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds uh, to understand the scripture and said to them thus it is written that the christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead that the repentance and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. 
uh, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, uh, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Thanks for your word that is found in Luke. Thanks, Father, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live and to love and to do miracles and to teach. Um, thanks that we have them recorded, Lord, in your word, much like you did to these here, Father. I pray that you would um, grant us your Holy Spirit that we may have... Uh, eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand, Lord, your word tonight. Um, help us understand your scriptures, Father. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Um, it is a good practice for us to read God's word in context. So context in comparison to just one line versus that we want to memorize, yeah? Like John 3.16, Philippians 4.13. I mean, holding on to God's promises are good, but before you hold on to a promise, you got to look at that promise within the big picture, yeah? So it's good for us to read in length, okay? I'm not sure how many of you guys are motivated readers in this world or tonight, you know, but we should uh, spend time in God's word, okay? I know you guys hear that a lot from me, but... Um, there's no uh, other way that we would be here tonight if it not for God's word. Yeah. So one of the themes that we read in this chapter tonight is that Christ came as a fulfillment, not against what had been written. Yeah. So when they talk about the law, everybody say the law. Okay. When they say the law, uh, what are they referring to? When the scripture says the law, what are they referring to? Yeah, the Ten Commandments. Good job, Jocelyn. Yeah, the Ten Commandments and then the, the other commands that were attached to those ten. So God gave Ten Commandments and then uh, by the time it reached Jesus, they had added more laws to those ten. So like what does it mean to uh, keep the Sabbath holy? What does it mean uh, to not commit adultery? What does it mean to not murder? You know, so they started adding on other uh, parts to that law. But Jesus came and he said that all of those things were pointing to me. Yeah? So one of the things that uh, started Leviticus, uh, which is a base, base fundamental book in uh, the Jewish teaching. Leviticus is like a book of laws. Okay? Anytime you like open up like the encyclopedia and you start reading, you probably get bored pretty fast. Yeah? Guys are like, encyclopedia what? I've never seen one of those in my life. It's called Google search, or hard copy, okay? Um, but they would study this book uh, called Leviticus. Leviticus 17 talks about uh, when God instituted the ability for man to atone for their sins. You guys hear what I'm saying on that? 
God put into practice the, the process in which man uh, might be forgiven of their sins. And what was that process? Nobody. So what did, what did God begin in Leviticus chapter 17 that allowed for man to start being forgiven of the sins that they had been forgiven? Huh? Animal sacrifice. Good job. Okay? Animal sacrifice. So in Hebrews, yeah, the book of Hebrews, it, it writes that uh, without, there, there's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. Yeah? So anybody hear the term scapegoat? Yeah? So it's a goat that takes the beating of, uh, the, the beating on itself as the reason for the outlet. Yeah, so we use it now in the term where, where uh, a person might be the scapegoat. Like they might get blamed for something that somebody else does. Okay, so uh, rewind it back, yeah. Um, not only was blood needed to be shed, but pure blood needed to be shed. So they wouldn't use like defiled animals. They would use uh, young animals or, or pure animals, yeah. Um, and so that blood would be shed, but... The difference was that, the, well, one, not, not the only difference, but one thing that that sacrifice couldn't do was it couldn't cleanse our conscience, yeah? It couldn't cleanse our mind. It couldn't cleanse our spirit, yeah, our hearts. It may forgive you of your sin, but the, the ramifications and the consequences of your sin weren't always covered by an animal, Amen? You just were forgiven of the act of sin, but you, yourself, you're still the sinner. And guilt and shame were all still very present. So what ended up happening was, from the time when God instituted the sin offering, yeah, by the animals, you guys following me? So God instituted the killing of animals to forgive people of their sins. From that time uh, when Moses and God used Moses to institute that until the time of Jesus, what had happened was that rather than it being something that freed them from sin, that sin act became an actual uh, practice that made people remember sin more. Because once a year, they would go and do their sin offering. And so it was like, Year after year, it wasn't an offering. It was a sin offering. So the very thing that they needed to be cleansed by, they were reminded of. It's like uh, sometimes when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're like, I don't want to go to church. Why? Because you know the truth is here, not just people. And you know that at church, you're going to find God's word where God's word says you should do this and you shouldn't do that. So sometimes people are like, I cannot come to church yet because I got to get my life right. Because church sometimes is a reminder of your sin. Yeah? And I would, I would have to say that that's the worst time in life, okay? In your Christian faith, from the worst time in your life is when all you do is pray about sin. You know? It's like you try hard and then you fail. And you try hard and then you fail. And you try harder and you fail more. That's the worst time in your Christian faith because it's just like drama, yeah? Drama between you and, and the Father. And it's like um, Satan really had a stronghold in, in my life when, when I was young. Um, 
I didn't understand, and I think you guys understand more now uh, than, than I did then, that when you ask God, hey, follow me now, follow me now, when you ask God into your heart, he comes and he doesn't leave, amen? Yeah. That God comes and he, he forgives you, okay? But along the way, it's good for us to ask for forgiveness. Like we get dirty, Amen? but it doesn't mean that God leaves us. Amen? You guys following me? When, when I was younger, I had this thought that God would leave me. And so that, you guys know the salvation prayer, right? The first time when you're like, God, I receive you into my heart. I want to live for you, you know? And then that usually follows baptism when you're like, I'm already lived for God. I want it not only to be done in my heart, but I want everybody else to see that, that I'm standing uh, for Jesus. Amen? Good stuff? stuff okay but what had happened for me was that i i did that prayer like all the time like it seems like every time i went to camp and the pastor got up there and he started preaching like you know you got to come down to the altar we used to have at, at camps uh much like um much like we have at our camps when, when i was younger there was actually a bench in the front and so people would come and kneel at the bench and pray and ask God for forgiveness and to receive salvation. I did it at least 12 times in my life, okay? At least. Junior high, high school, summer camp, winter camp, church sometimes on Sundays. Like, seriously, like, any time that the preacher gave the invitation, I was like, I'm a sinner. I got to go up and ask God into my life, okay? But I didn't understand then, okay? about grace and mercy i didn't understand then the power of the empty tomb and the resurrection yeah but you guys know because i went through that and i was like i don't want you guys to have to go through that same experience that i'm going through that when we ask god into our life he comes and he doesn't leave good stuff that's great stuff right there okay the empty tomb means full hearts for us that's good. For those of you that are fake taking notes on your phone, fake take note that right there. Okay? Yeah? The empty tomb for Jesus means full hearts for us. Hearts that aren't condemned. Hearts that don't uh, condemn us and remind us of the sin that we do. But by the mercy of God, yeah, we're reminded about the love that God has for us, no longer holding our sin against us. And even when we do sin, he allows us an outlet. 1 John 1, 9, if we what? Confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all of our wrongdoings. Amen? He doesn't abandon us. He actually gives us an outlet to continue. Yeah. But there's a problem here. Everybody say, there's a problem here. Okay, what is the problem? The problem is sometimes, yeah, we do what these women did. And we do what these men did. Okay, so in, uh, when you're reading God's word in length, how do you know when to stop? You got to stop sometime. You got to eat, you got to shower, you got to do, sometimes you got to stop reading God's word, Okay. Yeah, if not, we're all not going to make it in life, yeah? Okay? Sometimes you got to stop. 
So when do you pause? Yeah, when do you pause within God's reading? Like when you bring understanding, when you come to end of a concept or a chapter. Okay, at a period. That's always good. A smart DOE. Some sometimes uh, when I'm reading, I, I will read until God reveals something to me. Like we are reading in this scripture about how God came, like Jesus opened up their minds to the scriptures, yeah? Like you got to know that this holy, uh, the, the, the holy word uh, reveals the holy one, yeah? And that holy one is revealing himself. So as we spend time in the holy word, he's revealing himself to us already. And so when we get into God's word, that's why it's super important for us to get into God's word. God's word will show us what it is that God desires of us. If you want to know what it is that God requires of you, you go to his word, right? That's simple. Simple? Simple, but yet we don't always do that, much like these women. What were the women doing in the beginning of this story? No, lies. The, the answer is in the word. The answer is in the word. What were the women doing? Lies. What were the, the first thing in the morning? Why did they go to the tomb? Oh, they had perfumes with them. Oh, brother, brother Josh. They were going, yes, they had perfumes on them, and they were going to tend to the dead body of Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Bringing spices to their spirit. They had yes, that's not what you said the first time. Oh. <laughs> okay. I like it better. You're going to the word for answers. Anybody catch the one-liner from the angels? What was the one question that they asked? Let me actually read it. Yes. Uh, verse 5, why do you seek the living among the dead? Or we can restate it, why do you look for life in dead places? Rather than going to where life is, rather than going, no, that was a different ten dollars. I gave that. I gave that ten dollars. Do you mean this ten dollars? Oh, secret. This one. Her. Okay. Um, so rather than looking for life in places of life, sometimes we try to look for life, and, and, and follow me here, we try to look for life in, in dead places. Okay? Like for me, uh, I don't normally dive on the south side of Maui. Why? Because no more life. Okay? For the most part, I can, uh, I remember the last time I dove, uh, anybody go to uh, Oatmeal Beach, that baby beach, tourist beach before Oluwalu store, like you're headed towards Lahaina, there's a tourist place. So I remember one time I, I dove there, and this was kind of a while back. I swam for two hours, saw one fish that was like faintly looked like I was able to shoot or look like shootable, and I didn't 
even shoot anything. Two hours. And I was like, I'm never diving this place ever again. If I'm going to dive, I'm going to drive 30, 45 minutes from my house. It's going to be east because I know east has fish, okay? Um, but more than just fishing, yeah, I'm telling you, think about life. Life is attached to meaning, yeah? Meaning, like, like I feel... Uh, better about myself i feel more confident about myself i feel like my life has purpose where are you finding and feeling those emotions from where are you finding answers to those questions of life what am i supposed to do with my life uh how am i supposed to dress how am i supposed to act how am i supposed to speak what type of friends i'm supposed to have what type of relationships should i have yeah should i date this guy should i not date this guy should i date this girl should i not date this girl like where are we getting the answers to our life from rather than going to the word where life is so many of us are going to other places yeah google search we asking our friends we asking our teachers we asking everything other than those who are groomed in God's word for direction in this life. So although we can look at this story and be like, ah, those women, they never have faith, you know? Jesus told them that he was going to die, that he was to be crucified, yeah? That he was resurrected three days later. Like, we understand that. Why? Because that's the fundamental part of our faith. Like, without Jesus coming, living, loving, dying, and raising from the dead three days later, none of us are here. Our faith is firmly rooted around the death and life and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We do that all the time, yeah? The gospel. Right hand, God is, come on, come on. Hey, eyes up here. God is holy and sinless, yeah? Man is not holy and full of sin, amen? God is holy and sinless. Man is not holy and full of sin. The problem, right? There's a division between God and humanity that was created through sin. The thing that doesn't make man holy is sin. The thing that separates us from God is sin. And the only way that we were going to be forgiven of that sin was through the blood that was shed on the cross through Jesus Christ. And that happened. Not just so that we could be forgiven. Hey, follow me here. Not just so we could be forgiven of sin, but so that we could understand what life is. And life to the fullest. Like, how do we live life how God created us to live it? John chapter 10, verse 10. You guys got to memorize this. This is a good one. It says, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus said i came to bring life and life to the fullest right now we think of like x games like those guys are living it to the fullest every winter we're like man these guys are dropping in and waves at jaws they're living life to the fullest i mean those guys are pushing the limits within their sports but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're living life to the the fullest because 
a wave will come and go. Hey, you three, pay attention. A wave will come and go. A swell will come and go. An event will come and go. But you're still left with yourself. You're still left with how do I treat other people? How do I, how do I handle my own struggles and questions in life? How do I handle my own times when I want to do good but I don't do good? All the places that we desire life to come from, you guys got to analyze those things. Analyze the people in your life that you ask for advice from. Like, are they, are they Bible-believing people? Even the Christians. I've known great Christians that give horrible advice. Serious. Like, they're not actually giving scriptural advice. They're not actually praying about it. They're just shooting from the hip. Yeah? Like, they're just taking blank shots in the air, hoping that one of the things that they say is going to... Like, when I... Uh, if you've ever met with me one-on-one or you ask me a question, most of the time, I'm, I'm prayerful about what it is that I respond with. Like, I'm asking God. Like, if I know there's a... There's like a, a like a one-on-one that's coming up, you know? Like I know, like, okay, tomorrow I have to meet with so-and-so and they got some, some things going on. Maybe I do, maybe I don't know what's happening. Like I'm in prayer. I'm in prayer. I'm like, God, I don't know what it is, like, you know, that they have, but I ask that your Holy Spirit would be present to be able to reveal what it is that they, they need from you. It's not that they need anything from me. It's that we need answers from God, Yeah? And so when we seek out answers in life, like you got to ask yourself, of the people I'm asking advice from, what is their credibility? Like are they praying? Are they Bible believing? Like do they go to God's word? Yeah? Or are they just like giving you random experience advice? And, and every time, and this is actually scriptural, every time somebody does give you a word, it's good for you to test it. Test it to God's word. Lift it up to God in prayer. See if it's confirmed by other people. Because you don't want to be led astray, yeah, with your hearts open and your minds open, asking somebody for advice, and then they actually give you, like, trash. My professor, one of my professors said, uh, while, while you have um, your youth with you, it is your job to push them as hard as they can. Why? Because when you push them and you break them, you can comfort them after because the world that you guys are prepping for are going to push you and they're going to crack you and then they'll kick you out. But I, I love that you guys see um, college age, talented, handsome, beautiful, attractive, sexy. That's godly, right? Anyway, um, you guys see uh, young adults that go off to college and they come back still loving Jesus. So many of them. Yeah, think about Sean Grogan. You, you, you think about uh, Blair coming back. You think about uh, Carlene when, um, uh, when, when she came back. You know, you think about like, like so many. I just talked to Ethan Finberg the other night, you know, and he's like still talking to me about different things that he's praying about within God's word. Like you think about it, I'm listing these names off and you're like, yeah. Those guys are faithful. Does it mean they sin? Yeah, they sin, but they know of the Father that didn't abandon them, and they know where to find life. I tell you, these guys are solid. They know where to find life. They find it in God's Word.
They find it in relationship with Jesus. The tomb was empty, not just so that we can be forgiven of our sins. That happened already. Everybody in here who calls yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, everybody in here who confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he, he forgave you of your sins already. What else after the cross? You guys want to hear a cool thing? Can I just drop this on you guys? So I've been thinking about this all the time. Like, like this, this Easter, this was kind of a new thought for me. This is the, the what else is there. So my question is, What is the significance of, of the blood of Christ? So somebody answer that. So, so what is the significance of the, the blood of Jesus? So Jesus is, I just covered this. Jesus' blood was shed for what? Yeah, for the forgiveness of sins, right? For the, that's, that's biblical, Amen. We all following me? Jesus and his blood was shed as the forever atoning sacrifice for our sins, which means no more animals get killed. Okay? Except for the fish that I sleep sometimes. Okay? Well, that's not for salvation. That's just for salivation. Okay? You like that? So my question to you, if the blood of Jesus was shed for the forgiveness of sins, explain to me why pre-cross Jesus forgave people of sins already. He worked with blood. His blood never got shed yet. So think about that a little bit. The blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus, covered us of our sins. But Jesus was already forgiving people pre-cross. You think about the paralyzed guy whose friends like ripped the hole hole in, in the roof and lowered him down. God looked at the paralyzed, Jesus looked at the paralyzed guy and said, your sins are forgiven. That was pre, that was pre-cross. And I want to tell you guys tonight that the blood that was shed on the cross did more than just forgive us of our sins. He wanted to show us a better way. That now that you're, now that the slate is clean and now that there's no more guilt and there's no more shame, what is your response? It's like you old, you know? It's like say you, you had all this back homework to do. And then you showed up in class and your teacher's like, hey, well done. Glad you did all your work. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I just found all your work on my desk yesterday. Like that your back work, like your 20 assignments you never turn in yet. And it's like the last week before like the quarter's finished. And you're like, uh, yeah, your grade is up to a B plus from a D minus. You're like, sick. <laughs> Of course, you're not going to tell him the truth, right? Like, I, I didn't do that. He's like, I don't know. Your name is on there, so on my desk. Like, somehow your slate was cleaned, and you're back in neutral again. And it's like, what are you going to do, you know? Slack off some more. Slack off some more. Amen. <laughs> Kick you in the face. Okay? Um, 
our slate has been clean. Forgiveness had been, has been atoned for. We just celebrated it yesterday. My question to you tonight is, yeah, what are you going to do now? Yeah. And are you looking for life in dead places? So if I'm asking you, what are you going to do now? Like, are you just thinking like, whatever? Or are you actually going to go to God's word and be like, God, my sins have been forgiven. There's no more guilt and shame. Yeah, I have a fresh start. God, teach me what it is that you desire of me. I want you guys to spend some time this week just praying that. Yeah. Praying that a little bit. Next week we'll talk about what the response was. Like Jesus actually gave some guys a response to now that your sins are forgiven and now that I'm going to heaven, here's what you should do. You guys, a lot of you guys kind of know what the answer to that is, but, but ask. Now that my sins are forgiven, and the one thing that held us back from hell has been taken care of. And like pretty much we're, whenever he calls us home, we're going home, amen? That's cool. Like security, yeah? Eternal security rested in Jesus. What are we going to do with the time that we have remaining? Yeah, let's make sure we... Do well with that and not waste it. Okay? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, thanks so much, Lord, for your cross. Thanks so much, Father, for the empty tomb. Only you in your infinite wisdom. knew what it would take for us to not only be forgiven of our sins, but to live the life more abundantly that you promise. Jesus, thank you that your promise doesn't discriminate against age or gender or ethnicity. That your calling on our lives, Lord, um, isn't um, paralyzed by uh, bad decisions that we've made. And choices, Lord, that uh, were ungodly. Thanks for the power that is found on the cross. That not only have we been forgiven, Lord, of our trespasses and our sins, um, but we've received your Holy Spirit, Lord, and the power to do the very things that you have gifted us and anointed us to do. Father, I pray for each person in this place, um, each one of us, Lord, at different times in, in our lives, have looked for answers to life in dead places. Whether it's TV or media or social media or peers. We look for meaning so, so much, Lord, by things that are around us. Um, Father, my prayer, Lord, tonight for each person here is that you'd give them a hunger for your word. That they would read your word. They would listen to your word. They would listen to podcasts, Lord. They would listen to um, Christian music, Lord. That they would... Uh, surround themselves with your word and with you, Lord, that you might be able to um, reveal to them what it is that you desire for them. Much like you did 
for these two guys who were walking with you. They were blinded, Lord, from recognizing you, but you opened your eyes up or opened their eyes up, Lord, to you and revealed yourself to them. Father, I pray that each one of us here, Lord, you would reveal yourself to you. So many like CSI and discovering the, the behind-the-scenes things and the secrets, Lord. We just had uh, scavenger hunts and Easter egg hunts, Lord. And I love watching the, the young kids, Lord, uh, search for these hidden treasures out there. Father, I pray that we would be like these little kids searching, Father, for uh, the hidden treasures in your word. Um, and we don't only have to do it once a year, you know. We can do it every day. So thanks so much, Father, for who you are, and uh, teach us, Father, how to find life in your word, how to find life and truth in you, and uh, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray.